Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm always very excited to be here with you. Today, we have another amazing entrepreneur, and his name is Dave. Dave's business is in Tweeba, and Dave is right outside of Orlando, Florida. How are you today, Dave? Good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing spectacular. Thank you for taking time to come on the podcast and just be with us and share your expertise. Really excited to have you on. Hey, no problem. I, I love talking with other people in that entrepreneurial world, so I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Very cool. I'm sure we're going to have some great conversation and provide a lot of value for the audience. First, why don't you tell us a little more about the business Tweeba? You basically help local businesses advertise within the community. Really interesting concept you were explaining to me. Tell our audience a little bit more about it, if you would. Yeah, yeah. So Tweeba is a brand new idea and concept and startup that we've been working on for a couple of years. And we initially worked with a couple of small business like uh, mom and pop shop restaurants. And they would have TVs on in the restaurants. And every occasionally you'd see in this an Italian restaurant, you'd see like Pizza Hut up on the screen. And nobody really thinks much of it. But over time, we came out with an idea that we wanted to help advertise the small business. And the guy that I was working with sadly passed away last year. He would always be running around talking to the local customers and trying to connect. Oh, this guy's a plumber over here. And this guy, he might be electrician over there. But they're both facing the, the opposite way. They never talk to each other. So he said, can we somehow advertise them? He said, David, you've got the business cards up in the front of the, my restaurant. Can we advertise them another way? And I said, yeah, we could maybe put them on a TV or something. And he said, yes, take a picture of their business card, put it on the TV. And I was like, no, technology-wise, it would be fuzzy and ugly. And like, we have to make this TV a beautiful thing. So over time, it, it became this small town TV channel that allows anybody to advertise on these TVs. And then when we started looking a little bit more into the research of TV advertising, it's like really expensive and yeah. it doesn't really work unless you have a lot of repetition in it and then it becomes very expensive. And that's the reason why you just see big franchises on there and car companies and pharmaceuticals. So that's a little, that's a little step into it, but we have a, a box that goes behind business owners' TVs and it allows them to connect into the network. They get paid for certain ads that get shown through a form of a reward coin. It's just an internal base reward system, but the value rises with how many boxes get put in. So it's a very neat, brand new concept that we've been working on and we're happy to, to chat about it. I definitely love these new ideas that are coming out to democratize functions that only large businesses had access to before. First of all, really great product. Thank you for taking the time to tell us about it. Now, for somebody who wants to advertise on it, what is the process like? So the process is extremely simple. For We wanted to make that barrier to entry just like one of those not even a door, just like you poke your head in and you look around. So somebody would just download the app and they could go to a TV and add a couple dollars into their account and they could say, oh, I want to be on this TV at this location. And then boom, it has to go through a moderation, of course, make sure that it's appropriate. But then it would just start showing on the TVs as long as it's not a direct competitor, right? We don't want to show food to food. You're eating food. You're like, oh, that pizza's good. I, I could get Chinese. So we really want to separate that. We, we have 178 different types of businesses. If you ever count them out, there's just, I never thought there was that many. You have a patio uh, tile installer. You have a pool cleaner. You have a chlorine guy. You have all these different lawn care for this. There's just so many different types of businesses. The barrier to entry is very easy, very cheap. 
normal TV is like 3000 bucks. You have to get to a certain level in business to start to throw away your money on things that could exponentially grow. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there now that they might've created a really cool ebook or maybe they have a product on Amazon. They could be a service based. My sister is a hairstylist in New Jersey. And I'm like, what do you do for marketing? Well, I hand out my business cards, but that's only when you're there. When you're not getting a cup of coffee at the coffee shop, we made it very simple, very easy for that barrier of entry, very cheap, like five bucks, 10 bucks, put that in the account and start your advertising. Awesome. Now, how long have you had this going on for and how big is your reach at this point? We're just getting started. So we had a couple of dips and issues with development. You develop version one, right? And then you figure out a couple of bugs here and there. Can we control the TVs? Can we do this? And then we said, let's make this into an app, right? So in the beginning, it was just local businesses, local information, weather. How about if the mayor tweets something, we show that out on the screens. That would be cool because it's local based. But then it was, let's develop an app. Let's make it available for everyone to access. So we're actually just getting started. And then last year, one of the main co-founders and the dreamers, he passed away. So he was the guy that Mario, he would be like, oh, David, let's go build this. Let's go do this. And he was like this energetic, incredible personality guy, had 20 different restaurants. So we're just getting started. And we talked to some venture capital. We went through this angel investing round, and then we were going to venture capital. And today it's more important for traction of having more customers and boxes. Like for me, it would be more boxes, more customers, because anybody can create software now. You think 10 years ago, software was very hard to come by a good programmer. Today, you have kids graduating college and by the millions. And so now the people with money, the venture capitalists are saying, all right, great idea, but I need to see this working somewhere. I need to see this validated in this space because they're looking for, what is it? Like eight, I think it's like a hundred times, 50 times the money. A hundred usually. It's like a big number. Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking for that that you just pour a little gas on it and it's already a fire. So we're just getting the word out. We're just building it, building out the system and getting out to businesses. Gotcha. Now, Dave, you mentioned your founder passed away. My condolences, first of all. Now, I know that must have been difficult. Can you tell us kind of some of the new challenges you've taken on since that happened? Yeah, yeah. When it's weird how you have to, it's not pivoting, like in the startup world, they say pivoting, that's your product. But in your personal life, in your other, even in the way that you think, it's weird when somebody that you trust and say, oh, they have this piece of the business, you have to start thinking completely different. And it changes the way that you do things. For one is just the marketing, the outreach, the talking to people and podcasts. I was more of the guy that was like, all right, you tell me what you wanted to do. And then I'll make it 10 times better than that. I'll build out the code. I'll figure out the back end, but just goodness gracious, don't put my face on anything. (laughs) No, but then anything else. And I've always been that way. I've just liked the background in the marketing world too, is no, just, what do you want to say? We'll write these articles. We'll create this content. We'll do press releases, but no, it doesn't matter about me. But it's funny because you, you go through this growth piece where you're like, should I do it? Or should I find somebody else to do it? And it's a growth level. And it's funny because before you get to that point, you don't even think about it. You think you're just defined of who you are, but there's like another block on top of that block that you don't even think about. And then when you get to that block, you're like, oh my goodness, have I been down there for that long? And then you're like, then I'm starting to wonder now, okay, is there another block above me? And there must be, right? Because every level you have a certain amount of skills and talents 
that are based upon whatever your challenges and circumstances are. And this is like big in the entrepreneurial world because I've lived that. I haven't had a job since I was 15, 16, 16 or 17. I've always worked and I've done other things in my business, but it's just crazy. It's something that makes me think community is so important. Listening to podcasts of other professionals are so important because that's where you're learning. Hey, what happens if this happens or how did you get to the next level? Yeah, that's exactly why I love sharing these stories, because especially in the entrepreneurial world, you don't have as much contact with other people who do the same thing as you. If you stock shelves at Walmart, there's 20 other guys doing that right next to you. If you're the owner of the business, you're the one. And unless you have friends who are entrepreneurs or seek that sort of thing out, you don't really come into contact with those people. And then you can't share stories. You don't know what to do. And then we all have to make our own mistakes by ourselves and not save a bunch of time, which is the wrong way to do it. No, that is absolutely correct. Because you're like, okay, I put my head down, I get these things done. And then meanwhile, you might should have probably been doing these other things, you know, to, to move the business forward. So when we were going to, we went to a business accelerator, tell you how to go to venture capital and create your pitch deck, et cetera. And they're like, oh, you, these are the things that you do when you first, before you even write a line of code with your idea, this is what you should be doing. And I'm like, we did ours completely backwards. We built out an incredibly great product. And then we're trying to bring it out and show people what it is. And it's complicated. And really, when you think of like when Dropbox started, they were a very simple product. They brought their MVP out and that it was very basic. It didn't do yeah. much. They built out their community. Yeah, it's very important to, to be part of a few others, at least an entrepreneurial group that you, hey, you having a struggle with this? Yes, that, that would help. 100%. And that's a perfect segue because now I want to ask you a little bit more about your business specifically. And I want to know, okay, so imagine that your business is a host. And the cash coming into your business is like water flowing through the hose. Now, I know you're a little bit on the new side, so this might be um, a little more difficult for you to answer. But we know that hoses can get kinked and slow off that flow. So what would you say is the one thing that's keeping more money from flowing into your business right now? Definitely the expansion part of it, of, of people knowing about it. So everybody that we talk to, oh, this is a great idea. I love it. But it's really that exposure how talk to the right person, especially in a small business, there might be secretary, there might be two people before that business owner. And then it's a new product. So there's an, there's an educational gap between what it is and what somebody else thinks it is. Like I walked around a year ago and to 200 different locations. And depending upon the age of the person, I would say it's a social media network. And the other times I would say it's a TV channel because if they were older, they would say, I don't really care about that. And because the older, not an, the different generations, there were all relationships, locals that would walk in and out and they were very good with people. It's not necessarily the same today where you order online in your app. You don't know who's there today. Yeah. So that's probably one of those, one of those kinks that need to be worked out in that world. Okay. Gotcha. Now you said that mostly you haven't had a job since you were in your teens. Where did you get that kind of entrepreneurial drive? Did you have entrepreneurs in your family or was it just something you picked up on your own? My dad was a, he was an electrical contractor. I don't know if he had a, I think he had a job before, but he was self-employed probably since his twenties. I never thought about it from that perspective, but yeah, we were those do-it-yourself. I don't know. I just thought the Van Beekham names were always my grandfather. Went, oh, I'll just go build this. I'll go. Do, I'll just go do this. And my dad had he was electrical contractor, so he would bring home 
different electrical pieces. So like I would look over in, in the garage, we had three bay garage full of stuff and there'd be a, a grommeted flip switch for the clean room, like sitting on the shelf. And next to that, there'd be an, a pneumatic air pump from the seventies. And then a roll of telephone wire, copper telephone wire, like 500 feet of it. And so you just, over time, I was just grew up in that tech world, but I, I guess the entrepreneurial came from maybe wanting to do my own thing. And I don't know, I just always had that drive. I just didn't want people to tell me what to do. Gotcha. Okay. So now as a follow-up to that, most people don't really get any training in finances, whether it's at school, um, at home, or from their community. Can you tell us what messages you got growing up around money and how it worked? That was a, That's probably mixed. So probably good and bad. I'm sure everybody can pick out a good and a bad piece, but didn't learn a bunch about that. Didn't end up going to college, but in the home, we had to do a certain amount of money things with having our own business like that. But I wouldn't say we were ever rich because we were managing our money correctly. So there was still a gap of, oh my goodness, how do I legally start? Like I'm not starting a legal business at 15, but when I legally had to, there was yeah. this block and I remember it like as in the hardest thing I ever had to do was start a business. And it was so funny. I look back on it. I paid my accountant like $700. Please just submit these papers to the state. Tell me what I have to do with a bank account. But even though I was still working on the side, I was, hey, I can go network this piece. I can go build this computer over there. It was just, it's weird how that mind block stops a lot of people from getting started. And then once that's done, it was like a roller coaster after that. I was like, you're going right down the excitement. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But I needed to learn that back to the money management, I needed to learn a little bit. And I did quickly, but build software for finances and multi-million dollar corporations. And you're just like, wow, there's so much organization in big companies. I got to figure this stuff out because this is how you start creating wealth. Yeah, 100%. But I came up in the restaurant industry and I had the, I call it good fortune of working at Outback Steakhouse because say what you want about the food and anything else, they have a great system. That's the reason yeah. they have hundreds of restaurants all over the world. And mm -hmm. being able to see that from that perspective was so useful because now I understand the difference between building a small business and building a big company. And so having that, having that example is always so useful. Literally the processes, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it somebody, all, it's like as that. an entrepreneur, like I just said before, I was like, I don't want to somebody to tell me what to do. That's an emotion. That's not a process. A business, a larger business, if you want your business to be anything, and people talk about this all the time, especially with online systems and everything is like, build a system. Dang, it's true though. The better the system, the more profitability, the less emotions that go into it. And the processes just get done no matter what. If you have a to-do list and you can, you can actually get yourself to do it, you're like, I'm going to put this in tomorrow, but that means I have to do it. Yeah. But then when you start doing that, it's just amazing how much you can change. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that system that allows you to build to financial freedom as an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that I saw that a big difference too. When I started making my own like little to-do list software and check an email for this, do this. And I'm like, wow, now I feel like I can sit down and know what I have to do. And then you feel fulfilled too. You move all your stuff to your done list. You're like, okay, did what I have to do. Now I can 
go get a cup of coffee or walk outside and see the birds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave, I know it's especially different when you're just starting a business because usually all of the money you have goes into that business. But can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about where you are on your financial freedom journey right now? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I am. I was always an all-in kind of guy. I would just, okay, whatever I'm working on, that business, that would take up all the capital that ever I needed. And it was not as much of a system is what it should be. And you learn after a while, a couple dips, things happen. Let's say the economy changes. You live through a 2000, what was it? 2008, yep. 9, 10, like that kind of dip. And you go, okay, I need to have an emergency fund. I need to have a short-term savings, a long-term savings. I try to drain my main account down, my personal main account by putting things like we have a, a home account and money goes into the home account so that when the dryer breaks every five years, it's there. It goes into the car account, right? So if the money's there, I tend to spend that on either a new system, something AI related, right? Something technology, but you have to be very organized the same way that we're talking about with our systems. You have to do this with your money because that's obviously the way the big boys are doing it and it's successful. And then once you get down to your savings piece, you have to do the same thing with that. It's like fractal, right? Okay, how much am I going to invest in the market? How much do I need for long-term this? What about life insurance? So you learn over time what needs to be done. And then the kids come along and they just, they put the hole in the bucket and it comes out. It's just <laughs> flowing right out. But no, I'm constant. It's a constant battle. It's a constant battle. Yeah, 100%. Now, I want to ask you a little bit more about financial freedom and what it actually looks like to you. So let's say you get the business to the place where you don't have to be active as a manager and having a job in the business every day, and you're making all the money you could ever wish for. You can do whatever you want in life. What's that look like? More time with the family, more time with the kids. I know that sounds like plain and simple, but when you're working to try to get everything going so long, you tend to just prioritize that. Even though it's not the best, you have to keep that equality there. I've been through the phase of the Lamborghini, the Ferrari, and then, I don't know, I heard this message, one of these bands, they said, oh, when we go around and we tour around, we go to the soup kitchen in every city. And just to bring us down, because when you're up on the pedestal, you're performing, you're like, look how great I am, and you forget. And I always remember this, because I'm like, okay, when I get to that point, you have to still remember there are people in your business that are not where you're at and you have to make sure that everybody is okay. And my idea of freedom would be making sure everybody is okay, sharing enough profit because I think the world is changing where it's not the corporate fat cats anymore. It will be more of a shared economy. It may not be the rich lifestyle that we perceive sitting on the side of the hill in California, look, overlooking the ocean in a $20 million mansion. It might just be Going out at 10.45 in the morning after an interview, a couple of online interviews or video interviews and grabbing a cup of coffee and looking at the birds in the park and then another meeting in the afternoon. I don't know if I could ever give away, give up the work. I don't know if any entrepreneur ever could, but just a little bit more free, I think would be my dream there. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. And now as far as where you are right now in the business today, what is your number one objective you'd like to see accomplished before the end of the year? Number one objective would be to have just probably a certain amount of users on the system, certain amount of TVs running and helping people get connected in the local communities. That's We've gone through 
the different phases of what features and graphics and colors, and we've done all those things. So now I just really want the reach and the build out of the network to happen. That's, that would be success for me at, at that level. Gotcha. Love it. I look forward to seeing that happen. Now, for people who do want to find out more about what you do and to help that happen, where can they go to do that? Tweva.com. T-W-E-V-A.com is the website. And then I'm all over social media. I got all the accounts up there. So you can find me anywhere for Dave Van Beekham or just look for Tweva. Okay. Awesome. And Dave, before I let you go, any parting words or piece of advice for the entrepreneurs out there? I know you probably never stop, but get connected with a few other entrepreneurs. That definitely helps in the long term. If even if it's let's go to Outback and get some cheesy fries and a salad to make it even. But just to have those talks and figure out where you are, make sure that life balance is okay, but just keep at it. It's it is the most rewarding thing out there is to be the entrepreneur. Sometimes it doesn't always work out. You try new things, but Definitely don't give up. It's an awesome life. Yeah. You only got to get it right once. And once you do, it's all worth it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And when you're driven to create, even if you fail, you get back up and you try again because it's just in your blood. So it, it really is. It seems to be like those people, we, we just love to do something. And my computer, sometimes I think it's my hobby and, and or the people might say, it's your hobby. I'm like, it's just fun. I get to build, I get to create. My brother is more in the physical world, like he does the metal work and the engineering, and I'm more in that digital world, and I, and I love it. I'm actually crossed now. I have the, the TV network is a physical digital world, but yeah, it's a completely different place to get lost into. Awesome. Dave, this has been absolutely amazing. You've had so much insight to share and just so many valuable gems for the listeners. So I'm really happy you could take time out of your day to come on and share yourself and Tweeva with all of my guests. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And now if you're listening out there and you had a lot of fun on this one too, please go ahead and subscribe if you could. And if you haven't left us one of those five-star reviews yet, I don't know what the heck you're waiting for, but it helps us out a lot and it gets the word out to more entrepreneurs. So we really appreciate that. And if you are an entrepreneur and you would love to come on and talk about your business journey and share with the audience, we would love to have you on as well. For that, you can go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com. And we would love to have you on as well. All right, Dave. Thanks again. Thank you.